Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're joined by the Niagara BJJ crew for an episode of Hilarity and Chaos. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. With many great athletes, coaches, and breakdowns and hot takes, you're not going to be wanting to miss a thing. We are powered by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis brand, head over to Spirit Leaf Waterdown. Alex and his crew will get you set up with all your THC and CBD needs. In-store options are available now, and don't forget to use the promo code and save some money. Just follow them on Instagram and use the promo code CHPODCAST to get your savings. We are sponsored by Project XGuard as well, which has been helping underprivileged youth get connected with jiu-jitsu schools all around the GTA. If you know anybody who would benefit from this program, reach out to us or Project XGuard and we'll help them get started. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the show. Yeah. When you have kids, like, they destroy your house. So. But that's, that's what kids are for. They're just to ruin all your shit, so you have to keep buying more shit, and then eventually you just have shit. That's yeah. basically the process. <laughs> are they? I thought kids were there to ruin your hopes and dreams, Aaron. That well, that's too. that, too. That, too. That and they're boner killers. <laughs> very true it we're is leaving that true. we're leaving that in by the way oh well, we're recording already so we're just going to go with it but we are we are joined by the fine gentlemen of the niagara region today especially on this episode which is going to be epic as i said before <laughs> and, and for the record they're at an undisclosed location undisclosed well they all live together so it doesn't matter so yeah, we're I'm vaccinated yeah exactly so they all level bunk bed Va- vaccinated <laughs> vaccinated for what exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly so how you boys been doing down there obviously like pandemics hit everybody in a different way but obviously you guys have kind of figured out how to make it work and so how have things been go ahead scott oh wow I don't know how exactly you put it. I mean, we are, we already had Kevin on, so like he can just yeah. shut up. <laughs> he can just shut up for a minute. Yeah, yeah I'll be quiet. Okay. Like, I was lucky in the sense that like, yeah, okay, the gym closed. I lost like part of my income, but thankfully people still need houses built. So me and Kevin are really soft. Have you there guys you seen have you guys seen the lumber market recently? Yeesh. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, this is okay. Last August, a seat of OSE plywood was nine dollars. I knew that would get you going. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Two months ago, I bought a hundred sheets for the new the new gym location. I bought a hundred sheets for the floor. It was thirty one dollars a sheet. I talked them down from thirty seven to thirty one at Rona. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Now it's sixty six dollars a sheet. What? What? I had to rely on Reggie's good graces. It was stored in his his barn that he wasn't going to sell them. so what you're saying is i should have invested in lumber that's what i should have invested in last year lumber bitcoin whatever people are selling cedars for like 13,000 this guy is trying to sell 220 cedars they're like 13 grand brand new he's trying to sell them for 44,000 for the pair like what i honestly think people have like gone nuts and it's like nobody has any income or if they have an income it hasn't gone up so i like where's all this or, or, or they're just or they're just not declaring it aaron 
Well, but like, <laughs> but like seriously, but like, like inflation's gone nuts. Like it's not even funny anymore. Like, so, so my neighbors just sold their place. Piece of shit, right? Like <laughs> at least 60 grand to dump into it for it to be like nice again. I think it sold for 127 over asking. Oh, jeez. In Niagara, too. This isn't even the GTA. In like, Niagara. That's crazy. The average house price now in Welland is like like over 500000 Oh, that's that's nothing. Uh, the, the, so to put it in perspective, the, the townhouses in my area, townhouses, it's on the border of Toronto and Vaughan. A two-bedroom townhouse is about 750000 right now. Yeah. Yeah, but have you seen Welland? <laughs> like it's the average house in Welland. Like we're talking, like we're talking, like wartime. No basement houses are going for over four hundred, five hundred thousand. They're getting bidding war. It's just, yeah, we okay. talked about this last time. It's just crazy. It's just now. Are, are are they are they taking these houses and like breaking them down and then building new ones, or they're just yep. keeping the same house and that's it? Yep, renovating. Everybody's wow. renovating. Where are people getting money for this? Are they like flipping lumber lumber on the side or Bitcoin? What are they what are they doing? Where is this income coming we from? Thought it was you city folks selling your condos and running out down this way. Yeah. Part partly that could partially. be it as well. Partly. I don't think it's I don't think it's just that. But it, well, if if you think about it though, like the old like the people that have been impacted, you're talking like the service industries, right? So like restaurants. Yeah hairdressers, us, us jiu-jitsu people, you know, martial arts clubs. Like in Welland, I think there's only two, three, three gyms left. There's like a karate place, a, a karate place, a taekwondo place and us. That's all that's left. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. I mean, it's decimated. Um, Niagara Falls, I haven't heard of anybody actually close. Really, only one gym closed in Niagara Falls comes to five. They had like Japanese jiu-jitsu, judo, BJJ, and and some yoga and some other stuff. So, yeah. How's the actual? How's the actual like Niagara Falls, like Clifton Hills, the touristy area? Because they must be getting yeah. hit hard right now. Dead. I love driving through town right now. Like there's zero traffic. Like it's a breeze, but like it, I, I've never seen it this way. Like in the five years I've lived out here, like mm -hmm. dead. Yeah, I, I I can confirm nor deny this, but I may have been taking a few drives in that area, <laughs> and I may have, <laughs> and I may and I may or may not live in that area, but I cannot confirm or deny. Is <laughs> all I'm gonna say. I was going to buy some lumber for uh, investing purposes. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. You're gonna, you know, like honestly, man, like. Anybody, any like the lumber prices are going to go down. The futures are already down like twenty percent. Housing prices are going to dip a little bit, but in Toronto they'll dip. They're not going to dip out here because it's still yeah. below the average, like we're the average home. Up. Yeah, we're just catching up to you guys now, so we're all going to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all fucked, regardless. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm fortunate. Like I built my house in 2016, right? So yeah, you know, like I. I saved quite a bit of money back then, right? And it was just coming out of that. We were still hurting in 2014 from that 2008, 2009 recession. Yeah. So, like, like I got a, a 66 foot lot for ninety five thousand dollars. That that same lot's now three, four, five hundred thousand dollars just for a lot. Just yeah. for the land. Just for the land, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. Lucky, lucky times. Being a being that that Generation X, you know, some of us like we got into the the real estate market at the right time. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like myself. Mike's not in there yet, but he'll, no, he'll be in there soon. Close. Not even close. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> I'm kind of betting on the opposite. I'm kind of betting on a crash and like everything to just burn and people Pray, are just and, and people are getting and people are like <laughs> the, the futures and like guns go up like 900 percent and like lumber drops like 95 percent. That's probably when I would get in when like Armageddon's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Mike's doing a, the, 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 the voodoo dance to try to bring on misery and the plague. Next thing you know, there's locusts coming. <laughs> I, think I, I think that's what happened when I went on vacation last year. I think I, I, think I brought on a lot of this. <laughs> it's literally the week, the week I go away, like Italy's getting shut down. The NBA season's getting canceled. This is what happens when I go on vacation. For, yeah, for no more vacations, man. No. Yeah, yes. Every time we have a grading, we get shut down. Like literally both times we had our grading, we opened, had a grading, boom, shut down like within a week. Yeah. Maybe just like run just sandbagging like classes from now on and basically have everybody at purple belt level and they're all white belts and just eventually when we can do tournaments, it's like, they're all white belts, I swear. Like, yeah. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> well, you think about it like, so we're going to go like, like we're planning on going down to compete at world masters and all the guys in the States have been training the whole time. Yeah. You know, like, like we're still rolling, but I mean, like, you know, it's totally different, right? It's not the same. It's not the same intensity. It's not, you know, like you're getting out with me once a week with a, with like two or three guys, you know, mm-hmm. but can't, you can't confirm or deny that you're training at this time. Exactly. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. You can't confirm or deny just like how I can't confirm or deny that I'm basically out in Niagara almost every other weekend, but go yeah. on. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like you can't confirm or deny it, but like admittedly, it's always a piss off. And like, you see everyone else like two hours away as if any, everything's normal, right? And oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard, too. And because, like, the simple thing is you guys can't even get the looks, right? You can't even, like, have that feeling of rolling with different types of people to get the looks that you need to just go out and compete and be competitive, right? Like, you kind of have to go by feel and, like, okay, I guess this is going to work and go from there. Yeah, well, rolling with these guys, I don't think I've got a submission. Like, <laughs> I'm just getting speed on, you know. Like, I ain't got nothing, so. Uh, that might uh, work for you, though, right? Because then you've seen it all. And so, like, these, like when you go out there and got, you're going with guys that are, like, your age and your level, they just got nothing on you. That's what I tell them. They never appreciate that, though. Yeah, whatever, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After he submitted me the seventh time in three minutes, yeah, yeah, it really raised me. You're really reassuring for my ego, Scott. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, Scott, yeah, you gotta help build him up, right? Get him confident, you like, gotta break him down and build him up. He like. doesn't even let me tap him out like once a year, like, once a year would be nice, just where I get like a good round. No, man, just constant beat downs. You're gonna have to set you, Aaron, you're gonna have to censor that beer, they don't sponsor us. What? They got like Bud Light going on in their background. That, <laughs> no, no, that, we're censoring that. No, we're we, gonna, I got to find them. Like beside the new gym is Vinbon, the winemaking place. 
Okay. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna bleep that out as well. We, no, they they're not paying us. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm trying to get them to to run a little line. I got lockers on that wall, so I'm trying to get them to run like a line with a little spig for the for the parents, eh? Just like oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> the parents, I think you're gonna say for the kids. Yeah. Okay, a little ninja samurai class. No, you're no, start, you're starting no. you young. You cannot confirm or deny that there will be a beer fridge. <laughs> we cannot confirm it or not. We can't, can't disclose this information at this time. That's right. That's right. I, I think that's a necessity. But like, so because you, you had the one location that we last time we spoke, and like, so you have the new place being opened up. Like, is is that part of it, or is this like the other place gone? Like, no. So it was it's, it was kind of crazy last year. So I spent we spent all of 2019 building this new physiotherapy building for my buddy. Um, you know, we were helping him out uh, with labor and stuff and, and kind of trading labor for rent because mm -hmm. uh, we're in his building in Niagara Falls too, right? He's a good friend yeah. of mine. He takes care of us. So um, we had like a nice mat space. It was like 50, it was 50 by 40 or 30, 30 by 50, sorry. It was like 1,500 square feet. Um, and then with all the COVID restrictions, we just started losing a little bit of mat space. Mm -hmm. We lost a lot of schedule time in our schedule. We could only be there um, after seven o'clock, like uh, three, three out of the uh, five nights out of the week. Right. So we only really had Monday and Wednesday to train from with kids and stuff. Um, so it just, I, I just made the decision like, you know what? I think we're just going to go and get our, we got enough students. Like we had a crazy, like 30 person uptick in two weeks in March. We were open. Yeah. For two weeks. And we had like a 30 person uptick. It was, it was crazy. We had 30 new students, kids, adults. So I'm just like, you know what? We got, we got the enough students now. We can just go it on our own. And we got a nice big brand new 3000 square foot space. Um, I, you guys saw, you guys were talking, you guys saw the floor we put in. Yeah. We're yeah. great. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. It's like it, you can literally suplex someone on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> You're suplexing them on like $50,000 worth of plywood. Yes. yes. <laughs> so for, the, for, for, for those listening uh, and or in the well in Niagara area, where is your new gym located at for when we're officially legally allowed to open? Yes. Yes. So we're located right at the Fitch Street Plaza. It's it's about two minutes from our last our last place. So it, it's, it's actually right in between the very first place we're in Welland and then our last place. So it's uh it's a brand new part of the building. There was a liquidation world that burned down and they had to rebuild it. And it was perfect. It worked out for us. So. I don't know why I'm laughing at that for some reason. I was wondering if you burned it down and they were like, oh, I'll, t I'll take it. I mean, it's already yeah. burned down. <laughs> well, I have a construction company. I can fix it. I have a construction company. I can rebuild the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that? Something lightning? I won't say. Something lightning? Yep. I think it's called arson, actually. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think it's called arson. Dutch, Dutch lightning for us Dutch guys. Dutch lightning. Yeah. Dutch lightning. But yeah, so it, it works out pretty good, though. Like, it's, it, there's, um, you know, there's, there's, like, they're trying to build this plaza. It's Welland's oldest plaza. So they're trying to build it up. There's, like, a big giant tiger in there, brand new Rexall pharmacy. It's a, it's a nice spot. I'm trying to convince someone to come in and open a coffee shop in one of the other other i told them you open a coffee shop you're going to get a lot of business because parents you know parents will come in drop their kids off go grab a coffee mm -hmm. you know so i was trying to convince our buddy ferguson new mexico to uh 
he, he works for Carlos Condit. So we were trying to get him to come up and start his coffee company up here. Oh, that'd be sweet. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But um, yeah, we're pretty excited. Hopefully we get to open on the 20, 23rd of July. I, I think it's going to be 25th, 23rd, something like that. Is that where they're saying like in-person trainings allowed in, in buildings or how does it work? Or So it's supposed to be 21 days for each stage. Yeah. And, um, but I heard like, I've heard all these other uh, online, everybody's saying that 20, 20, 23rd of July is going to be the day to go. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ringo officially announced he's reopening on the 25th. So. Hey, hey, you know what? Like, if you can do it, and that's the day that they've given everybody, I'm like, fuck it, go for it, right? Like, I, I think I, I've just kind of given up listening to the government and like what they're actually saying, what they do are two different things. So, uh, Aaron, I don't think you're the only one who probably feels that way right now. <laughs> <laughs> needless, needless to say, <laughs> like, like we've we've had some private messages and we've had some like fun with people on Facebook. Some people have lost their shit, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's three individuals that come to mind and they have lost their shit. Like, <laughs> we, yeah. we need names. No, we don't. No, we don't no, need no. to out them. I think, I, I think if you go on Facebook right now, you will, you will see if somebody's posting about, I don't know, vaccine passports and uh, Alex Jones this and... World Economic Forum that and 5G Tower this yeah and vac vaccines will wire you with 5G internet and yeah. what are the, what are some of the other ones you guys are like it, it's been a strange year I think to say the least mm -hmm. um, I think I think I've been pretty vocal where it's like okay like no I don't agree with how everything's being handled but at the same time. You know, like some of the the theories that are kind of getting made up are like they don't they make even less sense if you want to put it that way. <laughs> like what are like what are some things that you guys have read where you're just like, what the fuck are people getting this? From? I literally had a lady in the gas station. It was hot. I went in. I was very sweaty, and she's she's like, oh, it sure is hot out today. I'm like, yeah, it sure is. She's like, effing Ford. I'm like, I'm like, okay, how is this one Ford's fault? She's like, well, it's all these masks they're making us wear. Our carbon dioxide isn't getting out, so the plants aren't getting enough, so it's messing up the atmosphere. Like, what do you say to that? I've had, I've had a I've had a couple of those where I'm just like um yeah I gotta go by yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing I could really there's nothing you could really say I actually no. had a conversation I actually had a conversation with like uh one of our one of our co-workers and they're just like at this point it's like there's no reasoning like people are just gonna believe what they're gonna believe it's like trying to change someone's like religion or like personal belief system at this point people are just gonna believe what they're gonna believe doesn't matter what the like if there's a hundred people that come out and say, "Hey, look what I did!" Like these are the these are facts at this point. It's like, no, nope, it's not carbon di carbon dioxide, mass, you're gonna die, Alex Jones. <laughs> it's, like, it's like people are willing to just cling to like whatever will potentially like get them through this or like make any sort of sense for them. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. Yeah, like like I've seen some of the like 
and it's I I always thought that like some BJJ guys were like had some common sense and they're like that you know they're being able to see through stuff and you know kind of you know it's okay guys we're, we're gonna get through this Aaron you're giving that you're get you're giving some people way too much you realize like 50 percent okay 75 percent of us jiu-jitsu guys are like myself a knuckle dragging Neanderthal right like like dude like I am you know I don't know where I score on the uh, IQ at that IQ level, but it's not. I, I guarantee it doesn't clear a hundred. Very, very much. Like, like, listen, it's like guys, listen. I swing a hammer for a living. No, I don't agree with everything that's going on. But guys, you you need to you need to just you know, take it down a notch or two. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like like it's just it's just like I just want to do jujitsu. I don't care if I got it. Like like Fernando says. Give me all five shots. I don't care. I'll take all five shots. <laughs> you know, like, what yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take Pfizer and get an erection, Moderna, yes. AstraZeneca, TRT, Bomba, like all and, of the things. Dude, I went around telling people that after I got the AstraZeneca, I had a four hour heart on it. People were like, no way. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> Dude, you, I don't even know what they put in this thing, but I feel great. Yeah, man, this is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just one of the side effects of Viagra. I don't, don't ask me how I know that. I just, I just, <laughs> you know, it'd be great where it's like, if you go to the BJJ clubs and they have like um, like a rules thing, and it's like, if you've had the vaccine, please be aware. You, some guys might have boner just based off their vaccine. Please be careful. <laughs> just stay away from these masks. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like the uh, uncontrollable, uh, uncontrollable <laughs> while grappling after getting the AstraZeneca. <laughs> You say that like it could be a bad thing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who's in class. Depends on who's in class. What are you going to say, Scott? Like, Scotty, like, go ahead. Like, that opens up kind of like the problem. Like, what, what's your guys' opening plan? Like, when things start to open up in terms of vaccinated versus, you know, non-vaccinated and whatnot. Like, how are you guys going to... How are we handling that? Yeah. So like, I don't know, like, I don't think we're just going to be asking people, hey, you vaccinated. But at the same time, I think, I think there's enough people that are going to want to get it and are going to get it that where it's going to create, it's not going to make COVID disappear forever kind of thing. Like, it's still going to be a thing, but it's going to be a difference between like, let's say somebody getting sick for a week or two and like being like, just knocked on their ass for a while or you know, they, they, they're sick for a few days, they stay home, they shake it off, they're fine. It's, you're gonna put less stress on the hospital system and all that. But like, when it comes to like reopening, pretty much what, it, what it'll do is just, it'll kind of keep everything nice and level. And then the plan would be, you know, hey, you wanna get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. If you don't, if you think it's gonna change your DNA somehow, I mean, you're entitled to your, your your opinion. It's wrong, but you're entitled to your opinion. Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I have a physiology book. If you want to read how these things actually work, you're more than welcome to borrow it. If you think I'm indoctrinated by giving you, you know, PhD level research on these things, if you want to read, like, or if that's why I have these two guys around because they just read it and then tell me. They could tell me anything and I'd believe them. <laughs> so. 
Or you can listen to someone on YouTube and go, oh, yeah, you know what? That guy's sitting in his basement. He's got all the answers. No way, man. YouTube's too credible. Facebook. You got to watch Facebook. <laughs> YouTube's too credible. Yeah. Yeah. The comment section is where you get all your. That's <laughs> true. It's true. The headline never has what you want. If you go like deep in the comments and you read yeah. on the replies to the replies, that's where the real information is. <laughs> I've been, I, I've been guilty of. So like whenever there's like a mainstream news source, like CBC, CB24, like, you know, one of the main, like mainstream ones in Canada, whatever it's, whatever it is about COVID, I'll just go like, all right, I don't care what it's, I don't care what the video, I'll just pause it one second. And I'm like, all right, what do the comments say? It's yeah. like the, the, the video has been out for an hour. There's like 9,000 comments. <laughs> I get stuck down the rabbit hole all the time. Just boom. Or like I get a notification. Glenn, Glenn McKenzie has tagged you in a post. Like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, I'm gonna spend. I'm, I'm, I'm in bed. I'm in bed at one o'clock in the morning reading replies. Like, yeah. Well, well, you know, if like Glenn McKenzie has tagged you in anything, it's gonna be epic, one way or another. Right? And it's We're... probably on a post that Greg King made. Probably. <laughs> Bro, 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 have you seen have you seen what they said about masks, bro? <laughs> you gotta see this, bro. Have you I just seen, like I, I like to see respond. Dr. Fauci's emails, bro. He's saying that they don't work. I don't understand, bro. In other news, the 401, there's still traffic on it. <laughs> So for those that, for you guys, and you know, down, uh, you get, you guys don't have as much exposure to the 401, but for those listening outside of Ontario, it's a really busy highway. I think it's one of the busiest <laughs> in North America. Fun fact. <laughs> it, it is. It, it is. I, I used to drive the 401. I used to live in Scarborough for a while. Um, uh, when my wife and I were first together, she was staying at her parents' house and we, we lived in Scarborough and I used to drive to Hamilton every day from Scarborough. That was a fun commute. That was a, that was not, not, and the winter was the worst. That was, uh, you might as well just like plan your day to spend like four hours driving. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I love like small town life here. Like, like, I think there's maybe like eight stoplights, maybe 10. What do we, yeah, like 10, 10, 15 stoplights. I have, I have one stoplight in my town. Yeah. One stoplight in Reggie's <laughs> little town of Wainfleet. It was a, probably a big deal when they put it in too. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was like a ribbon, yeah. ribbon. It was a ribbon cutting <laughs> ceremony. You're like, what the fuck is this for? Why do we need this fucking streetlight? All the old inebriated farmers driving drunk, running the stoplight. Red, yellow, green. What the hell are all these colors doing here? That's why we have that sign that doesn't. Nobody stops for it anyway. We don't need a light to tell us that to stop. <laughs> I, I tell you though, where Reggie lives is the best, man. That is like country living at the best. Like, like the the beer store and the liquor store, beer store is in an Avondale like corner store. It is oh, it's in a corner store. Yeah, it's called yeah. the beer. We call it the Beervendale, and it's the <laughs> best, man. You you getting like one of like Reggie used to have this this old what was that like a what was that little gray car you had a silver car like a oh. field car almost. Shout out at Avondale. Uh... Yeah, it was like a Hyundai accent. It was like this big. Oh, nice! Kit. And we would just like 
hit the Beervendale in the back roads. Allegedly. Allegedly. You can't confirm or deny. But yeah, it's just it's it's just awesome out there, right? Like you got all the little all the little river systems to fish and it's it's peaceful, it's quiet, you know. You feel like you feel like shooting at this you can see on Reggie's property, shoot guns. <laughs> that's okay. That's what that's, yeah. but you know what? Like the more and more like I've kind of been in the city where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm fucking done with this shit. Let's let, like time to get out of the city and go somewhere else. Right. And like, I don't know where or anything yet or whatever, but it's, I feel it where I'm like, yeah, I had enough, and especially over COVID. That's kind of like, like, why am I here? Because there's nothing I can do anyways. So it's like, I, okay. I, I truly think like a lot of people now that they realize they can work from home, like people are mm -hmm. moving down here. So, and they'll just go to work once a week in Toronto. Like they'll just commute once a week and work from home. Like, I mean, like, like speaking from like, as, as a jujitsu owner, I, like small town jujitsu studios, if you can find the right little town of like 20, 30,000 people, 20,000 people, 10,000 people, all you need is a hundred students. Rent mm -hmm. cheap. You need a hundred students, you can make a decent living. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, it's, it's gotta be hard to get, get a gym up and running in a big city in, in, in Toronto, in Mississauga, Brampton. Like it's, it's gotta be hard. There's so much competition. Rent is probably astronomical. Yeah. Like, yep, especially especially in Toronto. Like if you're looking at anywhere like in the downtown core, you're you're gonna be you're gonna have to charge a premium just because of the real estate there. Like like I know El Elliot's got a great little spot there. Um uh open mat. Open mat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's a great little spot. It'd be interesting to like, but it's just like it's the at the basement level. It'd be interesting to see what like rent in something like that would be, you know. A like, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's gotta be a lot. Cause I mean, like if you even think about like even like an industrial spot in like Mississauga in and let's call it 4,000 square foot. Like you're looking at like 85 to 10 grand a month in, in rent. Right. Yeah. So yep. it's like, what's like how many, TMI and all, all uh, everything in, you're probably looking at, yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, so you said, think about like, you gotta do the math of like how many students you need just to cover overhead. Right. And it's like, okay, you also got to charge them a premium and then how are you going to pay yourself? Right. Yeah. Like if it's just you. Right. So it's just like, it's that whole idea. Like if you're going to like starting up a club yourself or it's like, especially now where it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. Are you going to get shut down either too? Right. Yeah. And that's the, the big thing where it's like, cause a lot of people are like, want to go start clubs, but they're hesitant. Cause they're like, Oh, like to start, but I'm going to get shut down in two months. Yeah. And then well, what do you do? Go ahead, Scott. Well, not to mention, right. Not to say like Toronto's oversaturated, but like you're going up against, you know, the established gyms already right like, oh yeah exactly yeah. right like you're yeah, gonna yeah. go against like toronto bjj or or gringos for example like places that have like already been working right and they figured it out over covid to stay at the places that have stayed open yeah a, a true a, a cool like success story in small town is is jesse jesse and sarah uh, out in king Car um in port elgin i think is it port elgin port elgin, yeah. port elgin out, out the lake huron way or whatever like mm -hmm. they like that's small like that's pretty small oh jesse top yeah yeah, yeah 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 jesse yeah like they've yeah, yeah, yeah. done like they've done amazing like their classes are packed their kids programs huge they got like they got the full fitness gym and the crossfit i don't know if you're allowed to yeah. call it crossfit anymore but yeah. yeah like like they've done like they like they have done amazing in the short time that they've been open they brought in 
brought in like black belts to teach and judo instructors. Like, like, like I'm, I'm really impressed with, with how they've exploded on the scene out there. So. Yeah, no, they were really smart. Then they, they kept it very community. They worked with the community to make sure everything was safe. And it was all about like getting the kids involved in programming and then getting the parents involved in programming and making like a location kind of for everybody. Like, yeah. I, like when I spoke to him, like I spoke to him almost a year ago, but then I'm speaking to him like through Texas, like he's done a great job and like mm-hmm. a really good success story, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. Like I like. I, I, I always tell you, like a lot of these young guys that they don't, you know, like if, if you want to open a gym, don't, don't try to open in, in some of these bigger, bigger cities, go, go out. Like, um, I think Ryan Fleming's up, up in, uh, in Perry Sound, Muskoka area now, and mm-hmm. he's got a little thing going up there and he's doing, he, I was talking to him not too long ago. He's doing great. Um, some of these little gyms are just going to be like punching above their weight. Right. Cause you know, 20, 30 students, you get a lot more time with your instructor and yeah. you're going to get a, like a quality product, right? Like on average, you know? So no, it, for sure. It's just hard starting in the like, yeah, like basically what you guys were saying, just in like well-established areas where it's just, unless you have like big money, you're selling plywood on the side or something. <laughs> that's the only way, that's the only way to make a living these days. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, yeah, I mean, like you can, you can, you can, like I said, you can make a good go of, of some of these little small towns, but um, I mean, you can make a good go in, in the big cities too, but it's just, I, I find people in the big city don't have as much free time as, as people in the small, like the small town, right? Cause you, you all, well, you're, you know, like Greg King says, you spend all your time commuting on the 401, right? So it's uh, true. you don't, you don't have time, you don't have much free time because you're sitting there driving and commuting and 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 stuff like that right so if, if we ever get a radio gig he's going to be the guy doing traffic <laughs> <laughs> it's already decided aaron i'm making that decision for you yeah no no i'm i'm, I'm in total agreement of that. that that'll happen and yeah. i want him covering from the 401 all the way and all the way through toronto and then he has to make his way over into niagara and talk about the traffic out there yeah yeah <laughs> And in uh, Wayne Fleet today, uh, I uh, cow truck tipped over and what uh, happened? Pigs, pigs, yeah, pigs getting loose. Chickens, chickens, chickens. 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 A lot of chicken one. farmers out there. That's right. Yeah. We don't have pigs out there. We have chickens. Jeez, guys, get it That's right. It. <laughs> so, so, what next tournament are you guys planning on going? Are you doing World Masters? Is that the plan? Uh, Scott and I were just we were just going over the. Where where can we get a little warm a little tune up in somewhere? Where the where the hell can we go and like you know not have to stay in a hotel in quarantine and not well, have no, to? No, because if you have both shots, you don't have to quarantine now. All right, your your shout out your shout out your boy Justin Trudeau. It's a two shot summer. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I had to throw I had to throw a Trudeau reference in there. So. <laughs> I, um, I was hoping to go do Chicago, if not uh, some of the smaller foodie tournaments like around the Midwest. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get in there. Uh, it's not scheduled yet. Yeah. Something within like a two to five hour drive. Like I don't want to go, like, you know, I don't want to fly to Atlanta or, you know, down, down. Like, I mean, like I got some, I, I want to do, like when we open up fully, 
we were talking about doing some cool tournaments, like going down to Texas, going to New Orleans. Um, you know, ten, I want I want to do Nashville. Like that's a you know just for the trip, right? Mm-hmm. So Nashville's beautiful. Yeah, I kind of want to have some fun doing like competing around, you know, and and see some cool places. Like having fun is code for getting drunk in Nashville. Is that is that correct? There it is. <laughs> I picked up on that very quickly. You know what? Okay, so like world, the first World Masters tournament, Reggie and I stumbled around Vegas every night, even the night before the tournament. We were you cannot you cannot um, confirm or deny that you uh, may have competed intoxicated. Uh, hungover. Hungover. Okay. And okay, the the only year that I did not drink that much. I lost in the first round. This is <laughs> so from now on, I'm just going to keep the routine. Just drink beer every day. It doesn't matter. No more quitting drinking for tournaments. That's it. Just, yeah, you just, you just, you need to go in and relax, right? You got yeah. like, yeah. like feel like you didn't put so much pressure on yourself in the entire process yeah. rather than, you know, just be, a, be yourself. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter that my first tournament at Black Belt was World Masters, and I tried to be like, you know, stay, get in shape and stuff. <laughs> it didn't what's matter. A, what's a strength and conditioning stuff? Um, I guess I shouldn't drink. Nah, screw this. No, man. Don't, have you seen, like, I just carry steel beams on my shoulder, lift lots. I labor. I do lots of lumber. Care, old school, Rocky style. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> um, I was in a... When Reggie and I were in Portland, what was last February, the February before? I lost track now. Right before <laughs> it's been it's been so long. <laughs> it's only well, been like a year and a bit. It yeah. still feels like ten years. I uh, I went down to Portland to do a submission underground, and I dragged Reggie with me because the Portland Open was the same weekend. And I cannot confirm or deny that someone was having shots of bourbon in the morning of competing. <laughs> 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 Just don't want to wear it, Scott. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Osiander is our best buddy. Whoever did that still got second in their division, so I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> okay, so you guys brought up Kurt Osiander. I don't think I've ever told this story on a podcast. I don't even think I've told this story to Aaron, but I think it was like Worlds, and it might have been 2014. Um, so I had. One of my one of my friends, uh, I think uh, Rami, was training with Kurt Osiander in San Francisco at the time. So yes, I ended up staying. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was staying. It was like Ahmed, Rami. Uh, it was Nick Green, myself. There might be one or two other guys, but we're all kind of staying in the same hotel. Um, there was only supposed to be, I think, four people in the room. There was probably about ten of us at least. <laughs> so uh, Kurt was there, and he just starts. He comes in. He's just like, all right pretty much just like slams an enormous bottle of Jack Daniels on the table. <laughs> and we're just, go, we're just, you know, he's just drinking. We're talking like people are just talking about jujitsu story. It was, it was cool, but you can just tell like, you know, at like within an hour, the bottle's just doing this. It's just going down. <laughs> Not a shocker. Not a day. De- and then he also had at the time, I cannot confirm or deny this, but it was, you know, like those Listerine like pocket strips. And one, I think several of those may have been leased or uh, laced with an illegal substance at the time that you may be able to get at Spirit Leaf Waterdown located at Aaron. 64 Hamilton Street North. 
for all, your th- for, all your th- for all your THC CBD needs, Alex and his crew will hook you up. This is going to lead into the next part of this story. Um, I cannot confirm or deny, I may have t- taken a couple of these tabs. <laughs> we are uh, downtown in Long Beach. I didn't feel a thing at the time. And then I, I'm walking around. It's like late at night, Long Beach downtown Long Beach for those who are there like it's it's who know that area it's not the safest area of Los Angeles I would say say the least so I'm wandering into a 7-Eleven and I think the thing just hits me and like there's about a hundred people in there like I don't know what was going on it was like a concert or something and I just zone out like I'm seeing like sounds I'm not I'm not even hearing I'm seeing sounds So then, like, I don't know. I just grabbed a bunch of shit. I don't even remember. I was just hungry. I just grabbed something. I don't even remember. I, like, I think I spent, like, 30 bucks American somehow. <laughs> a couple hot dogs and burritos from I just grabbed one. I'm just like, eh. like, I don't even remember talking to, like, the cashier, like, person. It's just like, how are you paying? I just, like, like credit card and, like, stumble, put it in. <laughs> And then I get back to, cause, and then uh, I'm walking, it's like me and like everybody else, we're all walking back to the hotel. And then Kurt's like just completely hammered out of his mind. And he's just, it's like stumbling around. He's just like, hey, I gotta take a piss. <laughs> so then he just wanders like into a dark alley where I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going in there. Like, I know I'm not in the right mindset right now, but I know not to go down there. I know enough right now not to go there stumbles back he's the coming back sense is tingling yeah paranoia is tingling probably as well we get back up to the room he's like hey man you said those things didn't hit you how are you feeling and i'm just like uh he's like fucking right they hit you <laughs> i think I, a I i think i passed out face down on the floor for like 14 hours I think I got woke up. They're like, hey, your flight's in three hours. Wake the fuck up. You're coming with me. <laughs> I don't like stumble out of the room. Everybody's just passed out and then like caught a cab. That was my last, that was my last uh, night in uh, 2014 world. So uh, wow. shout, out, shout out Kurt Osiander. I don't think I ever told Aaron this story, but. Uh, yeah. Dude, honestly, if I was to go to like a rock festival and like I had my choice of who to bring with me, it would be. Kurt Osiander. I would love to party with that guy. I'd probably be dead after, but it would be worth it. You would probably be dead. He he may be the most functional alcoholic I think I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, is he, is he in the hospital recently? He was. I don't know what for, though. I heard that like there was like a GoFundMe for him or something he, like that. I don't know he, what happened. Uh, he's unfortunately, he's had a lot of health issues. So I think some of the backstory and I'll you know if i'm wrong i apologize but i think some of it was i think he he didn't know he was diabetic or they found out he was diabetic he went into like a diabetic coma and he was off and on out of it for like a week like he almost oh, died shit. he almost died yeah it's like and then i think he had i think he had, some, he had some other issue as well like he's had a really rough like few months where like oh, yeah. wow it, i mean that's that that's the thing like the hard party and lifestyle for that long and you know and and let's face it, jujitsu alone is not easy on your body, right? Like, well, yeah. And, you're gonna put then, such a beating on it. Plus, outside of the gym, you're gonna put another beating on it. You're gonna put like a beating on your liver with a bottle of yeah. Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, we do it. We do it. We, you know, 
I mean, you do what you love. You do what you yeah. love. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to live to a hundred? I don't want to live to a hundred, man. I'm going out at eighty or something if I'm lucky. Blazing glory. Yeah. Blazing glory. I think I'll go party with Kurt Osiander when I'm eighty. Yeah, I was, I was trying to probably go out at, like, 26 when he gave me, like, several of those ta- – yeah, like, don't take THC from strangers, but with that said, <laughs> it's Kurt Osiander. I was like, ah, what the hell, it's Kurt Osiander. Like, YOLO, you only live once. Yeah, I made that mistake in Vegas on the strip. Some girl offered me some Bob Marley mints. I'm like, oh, cool, mints. Next thing <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's got some trouble written all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they have Bar Marley mints at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. Is that correct, Aaron? I'm not sure. I'd have to see. We'd have to see. <laughs> I have a question. How many closet anti-vaxxers do you think are going to get vaccinated so they can go travel? And they're not going to tell anybody. That's a tough one. Like, that's a tough yeah, one. I, I think there's some people have just dug their heels right in and they're like, I don't care. I won't, I don't need to travel. I'll just stay home. You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's like, it, that's a tough one. It's like, it's like pick it. Like this is the hill that I think like some people are picking to die on basically. Yeah. Some people it was masks. Some people it was vaccinations. Yeah. Like, it's just like, this is the hill I'm going to die on. I don't care. <gasps> yeah. I mean like, I don't really like the mask thing for me is not a big like whatever How, like we you know we had some one of the neighbors called the ministry of labor on us because we weren't following covid protocols on a construction site working outside like outside like literally like they expect us to have there's there's what six of us now five of us five of us five of us on the crew um now six oh yeah yeah i got a couple high school kids there um <laughs> Hey, they're good. They're these young kids. These young sixteen-year-old kids are, are working. Young kids, like they're great, man. They're oh, that's great. good. That's good. Yeah, way better than the millennials. <laughs> way better than the millennials. Are you are you feeding the high school kids any uh, extracurricular Bud Light or any? Uh, the one maybe. The one maybe. I cannot confirm or deny. We're trying not to get his business license revoked. <laughs> yeah, 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 but. No, honestly, we have this one kid. He's 16. He's, he, he started with us last March when we when everything shut down just mm-hmm. to help us with like a little renovation job. I don't hardly ever do renovations, but it was for a friend. We did a little reno job. He wow. came and did some demo with another kid. He out hustled that other kid. Like, and I was like, I was pretty impressed. And then he's like, hey, can I work with you next week? Because schools, we're not going back to school. And Next thing you know, fast forward 18. Been here ever fucking yeah. Can't get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's he okay. Happens, yeah, he happens to be one of our blue belts too. So yeah, pretty young blue belts. Yeah. So um, yeah, like I mean, the, the hiring pool for, for me has always been either guys I knew from the army, or now it's just people I know from jujitsu. That's that's who I basically hire, right? So if anybody's shit, looking for a construction gig in the Welland area, they know who to talk to. Yeah, yeah. I told Fernando, I'm like, if you can get some black belt, like some of these Brazilian guys that know how to frame houses, you, I, I can employ them, like dual employment here. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the, these young, the, I think, I think you're seeing like these young, these young kids, like my two daughters, they, all they want to do is work. Like that, my, my 14 year old's begging for a job. We're like, no, like enjoy your youth. Like, I got some fun this summer. 
you know, like, but no, she wants to, they want money. They, they're all they money. Want, they want money. Yeah. 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 It's already crazy. Like my, my, my son's five. He's already talking about getting a job. He wants to be like, Hey, uh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to make money. I'm like, okay, nice. great. It's that work ethic. He's, he's not, he's not going to be swinging a hammer. He's like, I think he wants to try to use his brick. Like, you know, like, you know, uses mind to like, hey, I'm going to film this or that or maybe go like oh, internet marketing or something. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's tough on kids because they see all these like YouTubers and all these people making money on Instagram and stuff, you know, like, yeah, um, hopefully not OnlyFans, but, um, you know. Like, <laughs> we were this close to it at this point. At one point. <laughs> we were quite close. Hey, listen, man, if you guys start an OnlyFans page, uh, I'll, I'll subscribe, man. I'll, I'll subscribe a month, man. <laughs> Oh boy, this is an intriguing offer. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what is it? Elise Herring has like a foot fetish OnlyFans page going. Who does? Felice Herring, that UFC fighter. Really? Yeah, she's got like some because people kept saying she has sexy feet and shit. So she started this foot fetish thing. I I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Kevin, I take your word for it. It's okay. But yeah, I cannot uh, confirm or deny if you've seen it or not. Yeah, that's where you're gonna have to call this podcast the confirm or deny podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was a rebranding no. now. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of rumor and innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but that's I mean, isn't that a sad state of affairs though that these these female MMA fighters in the UFC have to fucking rely on OnlyFans or like Instagram follows to make a decent living? Like, well, and, and yeah, no, because like that goes back to the whole pay thing, right? And how the structure of like how they like the, how they built it, right? And we look at the arguments for like fighter pay has been a, an issue for forever, right? And then which kind of brings me into like when we look at like even like the Jake Paul versus Taiwan Woodley and we look at Jake Paul versus Ben Askren and then even just last week, uh, Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Right, like so the the pay discrepancies and how much money that these YouTube guys yeah. are making and they're driving, and then you look at like, yeah, like Francis Nagano was like all pissed off. He's like, why can't we make this type of money, right? And so now you see the athletes kind of like fighting back, but it's like I get where the UFC is like, okay, we have overhead, right? But they still haven't figured out fighter pay, regardless. No, no, it's 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 insane. Like, how does how does boxing pay guys 20, 30 million dollars? Like, like I'm not gonna pay to see, like I'm not, I'm not a a boxing fan. Like I love boxing in the 80s and 90s. And I remember going to like bars to see, you know, um pay-per-view like Mike Tyson, Holyfield, like watch those things at, at the pool hall or whatever, right? But like I would never pay 50 bucks to see a bunch of Joe Blows box, like like guys like Jake Paul. Like I have no interest in it yet. There's there's enough of enough idiots out there that are willing to pay 55, 60 bucks to watch a YouTube yep. box. Yep. I think the big thing and the reality it comes down to is like the following that you generate is like Floyd Mayweather has a large following. You know, say what you want about him like boxing wise, but like he has a very large following. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, they have a very large yeah. following. And I think a lot of their following is not necessarily fight fans either. It's just yeah. people that are, you know, somehow fans of them through whatever, however they discover them. And they're like, oh, I'm going to watch him box. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. See, I tried to watch that. I, 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 I hit the old crack streams up there for a minute. Yeah. Um, oh, we're going to have to edit out crack streams. Though. Yeah, we, yeah, I can't, can't give away my, my uh, main source of uh, yeah, doing pay-per-view. But I literally watched two minutes of that piece of crap. It was a, I thought it was a rap concert we were watching. It was horrible. <laughs> Which but, one are we talking about? The Logan Paul or the... It's a Jake Paul, Ben Askren one. And, uh, Kevin, oh, that one? It was Ben Askren, yeah. Kevin's yeah, not yeah, a fan yeah. of uh, rap music, apparently. But go on. The thriller card, yeah. Thriller. <laughs> God, that was horrible. That was a, that was like that was a train wreck. That whole thing. So. Yeah, it, it looked like a train wreck, but I mean, like, but I think it was um, Tyron Woodley actually said he's like, I'm gonna make more money fighting Jake Paul than I've ever made from the UFC. Well, that's what and ben what? Said too, right? And then that exactly. Ben Askren did it for a paycheck. Hundred percent. That guy took it for a paycheck. And he, he did he train? Did he dad, not train? He had the ultimate dad bod going. That was amazing. Oh. <laughs> like, like, like he took he did it for a paycheck. And like, did he if he trained or not? Whatever, right? But I mean, like, that's the discrepancy, right? And so if a guy's like, I'm getting paid way more than I've ever made ever, and I was with the UFC, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer with them, and I didn't make I didn't scratch the surface with one pay, one yeah. one fight. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, like I remember, like back in the day, like Tito. Tito, when he was when he fought when he fought Chuck, there was like a one and a half million pay per view buys for mm-hmm. for for that fight. Yeah, but there were only like six cards a year back. Then. I know, but <laughs> the thing is, I don't think I don't think when's the last like does the UFC even hit million million person pay per views now? It depends. It depends I, on the. I fight. think it depends. It's a big fight. I think uh, like if I think you're only going to get that fight. with Connor. Uh, Khabib, like that's it. Like your your main driving stars, and Connor maybe, is still that cash cow. Maybe, right? ma- maybe like ma- I have to check Masvidal Usman. That might have been a million or maybe just over or under, like in that range. Yeah. So like, you're basically you're gonna hit a million pay per view buys if it's like the top top guys that have like large, you know, fan followings outside of the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough, and I don't think. Like I look at MMA and, and I'm like, okay, so let's say you're let's say you're um, a mid tier MMA fighter, um, you spend you know you don't hit your peak until you're 30 years old, right? You make it to the UFC, you have three or four fights, you've just spent the last like 15, 16 years of your life, and you make a whopping eight thousand dollars a fight. Like like it it does does not seem worth it. It just does not. I don't know. For me, it's you know, for you I know, like I go frame a house and make that, you know. Yeah, like, like you, if the amount of beating and toll on your body as well, and the amount of like head trauma potentially that you're taking, is is it really worth the money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, well, like boxing. See, the the crazy thing is, like, boxing coaches don't make any money, right? Like, like no. I'm sure, MMA, like, there's some MMA coaches that make decent money, but I mean. Compare an MMA gym to a boxing gym, like, uh, like, or a BJJ gym to a boxing gym. I think, like, you think BJJ does better than M- than a box than an actual boxing gym, like financially wise. Probably, I would say so because, like, I think, I think you're not making tons and tons of money. I think training professional fighters, it's more just like the average Joe, like, hey, I want to get in shape. Hey, I want to learn a skill. Hey, I want to learn a martial art. Like, I think you have to, I think a large majority of places that are successful are probably making their living doing that. And then they have like a few professional people that they, that they train. 
I think I, I think that's that's probably how it works in most places, even like probably in boxing to a certain extent as well. There's probably most people are just like there to get in shape, and then like there's a small minority percentage that are like, hey, I want to I want to be an amateur, I want to be a pro, I'm gonna fight like 67 amateur fights before I turn pro, kind of thing. Like it's a it's a grind, like and like you're not making a, you're not making ends meet doing that, especially in the beginning. No. It'd be interesting to see a comparable. So like, so a guy who's a professional boxer, he has 10 fights. He's, you know, 20 fights. He's got 15 or so wins, a couple losses. What he makes fighting on the undercard of, of one of these things compared to, you know, a local fighter here that goes down to fight on the contender series or goes to yeah. fight like on PFL or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like a guy who's yeah. a journeyman, 20 fights, 10 losses, 10 wins. It'd be, it'd be cool to see like, like someone to do a study and see where it's at, right? So. I, you know what? If I had to take a guess, I would say the boxers probably making more money. I'll be honest with you, just based on kind of like the the atmosphere of the sports and depending on the promotion, right? Like, because like a lot of these MMA promotions, they don't have the capital to spend a lot for the fighters themselves, unless it's their top tier individuals. So they're gonna have these fights and these undercards where they're not gonna pay these guys a lot of money. They're going to pay him a grand, two grand. And then again, <laughs> the fighters are going to be splitting that purse with their coaches or, or whatever. And it's like the whole debate, because like you asked a question, is like a BJJ club and like MMA club. Your your competitors are never really going to be your your money givers, right? Because no. they're not the one, they're going to be there every day, but they're not the ones paying the top dollar. They're going to be paying their monthly if they are. And they're going to be at the club utilizing the only way for you to leverage that those individuals, if they're teaching their, you know, they're doing privates and then the club itself is getting something back off that. But that's the only revenue generation that they're going to do. You're going to get your revenue from your students and your kids classes. And those are the things they're driving. That's what's going to drive your business. It's not going to be the comp- the competitors. Yeah. I think I, kids classes is where where, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I realized like over the last five years, like I always tried to cater to like the competitive, the competitors and trying to get the young studs in to come train jujitsu and stuff. But honestly, the money's in the the 30 something year old, the 30 something year old guys and the kids. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's yep. like, we, have se- we have we have almost 70 kids. Yeah, we probably yeah. never can face them. Like, big no, right? Because like you're, you're yeah. going to run into the whole issues of like what their needs are and you know, if they don't, if they're not getting what they want, then they're going to go to another school for whatever yeah. reason. And the, that's what happens with competitors. Right. So it's like, I find it like, I don't know about you. I find it hard to teach. Like, cause I, I want to teach the. It, it's so much easier to teach white belts, blue belts, like new, you know, it's so much easier. It's hard to, I find like we have one kid, he like the kid's 15 years old and some of the jujitsu he does, cause he's done like, I mean, he does privates every week with, you know, he, he was training in Burlington. He's trained in a couple of different gyms. The kid's so, I, there's some shit I can't even figure out what he's doing. Like, the mm-hmm. kid's got better jujitsu than I do. I have trouble coaching him. Like, I have trouble finding stuff to teach this kid that he hasn't seen because he's been doing jujitsu for nine nine years. Yeah. Like, nine years. And, you know, it's, uh, that's the tough one when you get these really high-level competitive kids and adults too. And sometimes it's like, look, I can't cater to you. I have. I have 40, um, you know, of us, of, of guys like me that are just here to drink beer after training and, and have fun. <laughs> and, you're, and you're a little underage, unfortunately. 
so then what what do you do i guess with those with those with those people then like because it's like you know they are they are a part of your gym it's like do you it's kind of an interesting question it's like do you cater to that little small audience or niche in some way or do you kind of you know kind of stick to you know what's going to pay your bills at the end of the day it's a tough question to honestly answer yeah well i think scott was going to say, say something no i was just going to say yeah it is because like at the end of the day like for guys like me and kevin and reggie like we all also have jobs too right? yeah because, like we decide to take different pathways to life whatnot but you want to be able to cater to everyone but at the end of the day like in order to do that you need to like either to devote yourself entirely to the school which is you know opens up a might not be possible yeah or you have an enormous staff that you trust that can run that course load and that class load to cover like all your bases like, yeah 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 it's tough like you know, you, you run an advanced class and, and we're, we're, we're still a new gym too, right? Like five years. Like, I think we just promoted our first, our first, almost first purple belts, really. Is our first couple purple belts. Uh, our first brown belt. Yeah. And our first brown belt too. Well, it's technically ours. Yeah. yeah. He came from another gym and, you know, and he got promoted to brown belt and we got a couple purple belts and stuff like, but it's like, you know. They, they help teach and, and mm -hmm. everybody pitches in and stuff like that. But um, I mean, you know, you, you can't really run an advanced class for three purple belts and a brown belt. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, and that's where the niche has to come in with the, like, again, your programming, right. And like, how are you going to get that, the rest of that group to kind of build into that advanced programming so they can kind of, so you have your blue belts be successful as well. Right. Cause you don't want to have them not being successful so like whether and again like this is where you just got to be creative right whether it's competition or if it's more skills based or how you formulate your classes more than anything like admittedly like i tried for the longest time to like get all like the local local young guys out so like i could have bodies like i needed bodies to train with but like it never mm -hmm. worked like i ended up having to drive out to north york twice a week for gringo's morning training to train with all the guys there yeah but after a while right you're like okay like I have two kids. Uh, do I really want to live this like full-time jujitsu bum lifestyle, like lifestyle forever, or do yeah. I kind of want to be a responsible adult here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that that's the dream, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I still love trying to compete at like the highest level I possibly can, and I'm gonna do that for as long as I can. But I also want to live comfortably. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's too, right? Because like, it's, and that's the thing, like, it, it becomes passion and job, right? Where you have to kind of figure out the balance. And it's like, okay, uh, is this going to pay my bills? Yes or no? If it's not, okay, I got to figure out my supplemental income to build off that, whether it's private or another job or something else, right? So, and then again, I think too many competitors for example they they don't think about the other stuff too they always go oh no i'm just gonna compete and compete compete like uh, work on everything and then what you gotta open the doors and build off that you really do like and unfortunately like a lot of them learn the hard way right with their first bad injury or numerous, yeah. numerous you know anything can happen unfortunately especially like when you're involved in anything that you rely upon your body right like yeah I, I think I think sometimes as 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 owners and coaches too, you kind of get wrapped up in 
and kind of live vicariously through some of your like high level competitor like you know like watching scott compete on that the sub the submission undergrounds and watch him get super fights and stuff and you want him to win once in a while but no like but but i mean like as like i'm a very practical guy like you know i i don't want to like i see some of these young like mma fighters like local mma fighters that are almost 30 now and they don't have a career yet they're still trying to make it in the fights and it's just like it's like man you're gonna I, I, I just couldn't myself picture myself waking up one day at like 40 years old, broken, broke, you know, like, like mm-hmm. there's a local boxer. I'm not going to mention his name, like living in his gym. And he was like a world-class boxer. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a sad and he's, you know, 50, you know, like that, that's a sad, sad life. You know, like you have to make a choice. I think you got to recognize as like an athlete, like an MMA fighter or as a, a jiu-jitsu artist, if you're going to make money in jiu-jitsu, you got to recognize that at a young age that you're going to make it, right? Like you yeah. got to be very, very, uh, some very self, um, self, uh, good self-assessment, right? If it's worth the, the, the harm that you're going to do to your body and, and take it to that next level. Because let's face it, competing at a high level in jiu-jitsu and competing at a high level in MMA it is is going to take some serious, serious, you know, uh, yeah. commitment and damage to your body. Well, I think like, even like, as we say, like, I think somebody who might've like even given people the blueprint been like somebody like Gordon Ryan. Right. So just say like living at the gym, doing the travel that he does been competing for how long. Right. And that's basically all he's done. And so now he's kind of gotten to that point where he can afford to do the other things and build up. And he's still young too but he did this at such an early age compared to doing it in his late 20s deciding okay i'm gonna do this now now i'm 35 i'm masters like or or whatever right like you're kind of you missed the boat at that point yeah 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 it's tough it's tough like you know i i told scott when he first when he first came here like but yeah it's good to be a a jujitsu bum but i'm i'm not gonna let you be a full-on jujitsu bum like I don't want you to be a full-on jiu-jitsu bum. You're going to teach and, you know, we got to, we got to have like, there's got to be some career plan later on too, right? Yeah. Which I appreciated. Like not many people would do that. Yeah, I think I that's. just abused him and made him teach every single class every week, every day, you know, paid him a meager salary and just watched him compete and do whatever. But, you know, like you want people to succeed in outside of jiu-jitsu too, right? Yeah. No, and that's important, right? And that just to show you, like, you're thinking way ahead compared to just Scott as the competitor, and that's what we're going to use him for, and that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like that, man. Like, I found that when I was in the military, too. Like, the Army Reserves, right? It's not the, mm-hmm. full, it's not the full military. It's the Army Reserves. I always took an interest in my soldiers, like, what they did outside the Army. I, I found was more, almost more important than what they did. You know, like, you got these... 30 year old dudes living, living in their parents' basement and being an army reservist full-time working, working during the summer and, 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 you know, picking up a day here, a day there, um, you know, and I'm like, why don't you just join the regular force army then? But they don't want to, they're just unmotivated. They want to just kind of hang out and do the, do the cool part-time army thing. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not a, that's not a lifestyle. That's not a way to build a life. You gotta, you gotta go out and work, right? You can't just hang out and, 
do six months here and a couple months off and stuff like that, right? The rest so, of the time you're drunk on your ass, like they say. Yeah. In the <laughs> I mean, that's a great life. <laughs> one, la one last one last question this e evening, and this is for Scott. Um, uh, can you give Aaron his ankle back from when you took it? <laughs> All right, listen. I, I, I had a. I knew this was going to come up, so I've come up with this perfect solution on what ha what actually happened. And my the full conclusion that Scott cheated. So Scott cheated. I reached my yeah, name. I, I panicked, no and that's it. So nothing. That's all I'm going to say. Scott cheats constantly. So I so Song had just like asked me to do this tournament. I, I had no idea who was in it or whatnot. Who at who know. asked you? Sorry. Uh Dominic, the guy that teaches at Grant. Oh, okay, okay. Go on. Um I had no idea like no one. Like I had just shown up. Like I was I don't know, I was like here for like what a couple months at yeah, that point. Three, four months or so. Like I was still like I just moved from Quebec and whatnot. Uh, I didn't know who Ergus was. Didn't know who Steve Sims was. Didn't know who you were, Aaron. Like, <laughs> fucking show up. I fought Steve first. Well, that was a rude awakening because he basically just kind of like held me down half guard and passed in like what, like the last two minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, know, okay. I fell, I fell asleep. I, it, was, <laughs> like, it was just a grimy, grinding match. You can't watch yourself. I know. <laughs> and then what happened, like? we were not numbers so i got to fight you next and then yeah. if i won i got back in in the finals and then i fought ergus and then i realized oh fuck like the fuck is this <laughs> like i threw everything but the fucking kitchen sink at him and he just fucking yanked it out or like ripped out or just fucking yeah. pulled an ergus that's ergus man boy he, he, that kid is great like uh, have you seen how big ergus is right now oh he's massive Ergus is like 220 right now. He's a truck. And I'm like, bro, like, are you ever going back to 155? He's like, no, no, I'm never. Like, maybe 185, he said. Like, we had him on a podcast a while ago. This is like months ago. It was, a, it was think, the greatest podcast ever. Probably this might be the this next is, great one. This but, is our uh, next great one, but that was the greatest up until today. Yeah, Ergus, Ergus is great because we're just talking about like he's watching the Steelers at the same time <laughs> as we're doing the podcast. He's like, oh, what the fuck, Ben? What are you doing? Oh, man. Like, I'm sorry. What was your question? That's what it was like with Ergus because he's he was still in the dreamland while we we're doing the podcast. We're like, and he's like, oh, what was your question again? I'm like, like, rambled on on something completely opposite of what we were talking about. <laughs> But it was great. Yeah, he's uh he's a good kid. He's a good guy. I like him, man. They're so oh, no, no. yeah. They're, yeah, I can find the Ontario, like here, even here in Niagara, like we train with almost everybody. There's only one or two gyms that did not will not let their students train or 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 doesn't hang out with us, doesn't train with us. But like like we've got a good relationship with almost like we actually have a good relationship with every single gym in Niagara. Like there's no animosity with any gyms in Niagara. It's kind of cool. I kind of like it that way. It's, you know, um, you know, it's, way, and it's, the, it's the way things should be. Pardon? It's, it's the way things should be, honestly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's all I, you want to do. Like, actually, we just, you know, like, um, uh, uh, you know, I, you guys had Matt Rock on 
not yep. too long ago, right? Yeah. So, and they, they opened up their place. They're opening up their place in Stony Creek there. And, and uh, like, those guys are amazing, man. I, 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 you know, it's so cool to see all these new gyms, like even in COVID, like this was just the beginning of COVID when they were, you know, like um, it's going to be interesting to see how many gyms open up after COVID or new gyms are, are up here. Right. So. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting to see who opens up. And again, I've, we've kind of preached it on this podcast a bunch of times. I think this is a time when like jujitsu clubs are like, no matter affiliation, teams are going to have to work together to kind of build the community back up to where yeah. it needs to be. And yeah. like no, no animosity bullshit, because that's the only way we're going to be able to get out of it. Because if we start this stupid squabble shit that like a lot of clubs have done before in the past, they just need to, that shit needs to cut out. And then we all got to build towards, you know, a tournament together and make it a big celebration because it's going to have to happen. Like I can attest, like coming from where I came from, that's exactly what killed the competition scene in Quebec. Mm-hmm. That right there. Yeah. It's speaking of that, we did we did book the Scotiabank Center for December. Oh, and did it, you guys? Yeah, here in Niagara for you know, hoping we can run a tournament there. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, nice. Fernando Fernando was was uh kind of spearheading that. So the OJA put a deposit and we should have the provincial championships in December. So well, that'd, that'd be, be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be like, I, I'm, I'm figuring that's going to be the first, probably the first, unless someone pulls the trigger in September or October in Ontario. So I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see anybody doing it just because like, it's still too far out or well, too close. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool. Like, you know, like, like I love the net, like people, people, like, I know a lot of people, like we always joke that people are Niagara-phobes because people don't want to come here and compete at our tournaments here, but it's so like, I mean, what better, like Niagara Falls is a great little town. Like there's tons, yeah. especially like for the kids and families, right? Like there's the Americana, there's Great Wolf Lodge, there's the Niagara Falls View Water Park. Like there's just so many cool places you can stay for the weekend and the kids can have a blast, right? So yeah, if this whole construction thing doesn't work out, we'll hire you for uh, Niagara tourism. You can be a spokesperson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to, to wrap up this evening, I want to give you guys final remarks, uh, sponsors, anybody you want to shout out, closing remarks, anything you guys want to say. Edgy, TSC, PV, whatever they call themselves now. <laughs> uh, I just got uh, They've been with me for a while. They make great stuff. Canadian based out of Alberta. Nice. I'm just sponsored by Bud, Bud Light. Bud, Bud Light. Light. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Brock Lesnar. I'm not going to diss Bud Light on national television. Right? I don't drink Bud Light. I drink Coors Light. Fuck. Yeah. Coors Light piss. Gross. Oh, wait. I should have said that. What? You pronounce Coors Light. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, you and your speech Gentlemen, it's always fun to chat with you guys. No, man, it's been great. I had a blast. Like, we'd definitely do it again, hopefully in person sooner than later. Uh, We definitely want to make our ways down there because Mike and I got some major, like, club tours that we're going to be doing and doing a bunch of filming. So we definitely want to have a good time doing that. You guys should cut. Well, we're we're a grand opening. Hopefully we're allowed to have something. So Yeah. When's that? Um, Like, like, I don't know. Whenever, like. I don't want to do it under COVID. That's the problem, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. Like, but like, 
realistically probably like the first week of august so okay yeah cool and the plaza we're in there's a bunch of new stores going in like, like i said the wine store the bin bin bought a, a pizza place so we're trying to coordinate and all kind of do one big uh one big grand opening so okay definitely awesome. that no we'll, we'll figure something out and we'll hopefully get out there yeah perfect awesome guys all right bro thanks guys appreciate it very much have a great one yeah.